Hello, I'm Jeffrey Meshlove. Today, I'd like to talk to you about my very first book, The Roots of Consciousness. And in fact, I'm not only going to just talk about the book, I'm going to make it available to you. If you watch this short video all the way to the end, you'll find a link to the book as I close this program. It's online right now and available to you. I wrote this book, well, it was published in 1975, 43 years ago. I was 28 years old. At the time, I was still a graduate student at Berkeley. And for those of you who have viewed the very first episode of this In Present series, you'll know that I was working at KPFA Radio as a volunteer, interviewing people twice a week for the Mind's Ear radio program. And after um, several years of doing this, I began to feel like I had some real expertise in the field of consciousness and psychic phenomena. And uh, in addition to that, I was looking for uh, some money to continue my graduate studies. So, I put together a book proposal that would cover uh, like a complete encyclopedic overview of the whole field of consciousness studies and psychic phenomena. I typed it out on my manual typewriter at, at the time and sent it off to about a dozen different publishers to see if they would be interested. A three-page proposal in the mail. And to my delight, I got a positive response from one of them, Don Gerard at Bookworks in Berkeley, uh, who was a legendary publisher. He published the very first Whole Earth Catalog, which was an enormous bestseller back in those days. And he had developed a relationship so that his small Berkeley, California publishing company had a New York partner. Random House. So, the book was published by Random House and it made a big splash. It was a complete overview of uh, consciousness studies. The subtitle is Psychic Liberation Through History, Science, and Experience. And um, it was something of a rarity for a graduate student to have a book published by a major New York publisher. And, and for a while, I was something of a local celebrity in the San Francisco Bay Area. The book did quite well. As a matter of fact, it was used as a textbook for uh, several dozen introductory college courses on consciousness studies. And uh, some people thought that this book was my doctoral dissertation because I believe somewhere in the uh, description, the bio, it said this book is being written as a partial credit towards a doctoral degree in parapsychology. And yes, that is true, but it wasn't my dissertation at all. My dissertation was my second book on training psychic abilities, Psi Development Systems. And I'll have much more to say about that in future editions of In Presence. But this book was written as uh, the equivalent of a, a comprehensive oral exam, or one might say, really, in preparation for taking a comprehensive oral exam. Because, uh, as I mentioned, I was in a unique, individual, interdisciplinary doctoral program. And normally, in a PhD program at a big university like Berkeley, in order to write a dissertation, 
which is the final step toward achieving your doctoral degree, you have to make sure, you have to convince your faculty members, your committee, that you're prepared, that you have studied all the uh, basic material necessary to begin a dissertation. And that was what the Roots of Consciousness was intended to do, to show my professors that I knew the uh, fundamentals of consciousness and parapsychology. Because after all, there were no courses being offered. Everything I did was either through independent study or taking the uh, conventional psychology courses and statistics, scientific methodology, philosophy, and so on. So that book was published. It was uh, a landmark in this sense. I had some help in writing it. Uh, one of the people who contributed to portions of the book was a physicist, Jack Sarfati, who wrote a section on physics and consciousness. And it was there for the first time in a popular book, the idea that the um, ERP effect, Einstein-Rosen-Podowski effect, could be a means of explaining telepathy and ESP. Uh, Einstein, back in the um, early part of the 20th century, criticized quantum physics. He said, there's something wrong with quantum physics that bothered him. It implied spooky action at a distance was his term, and, and he didn't want to accept it. He said, therefore, quantum physics must be wrong. But in the uh, early 1970s, researchers uh, such as John Bell and uh, other people uh, at, at Berkeley were exploring. They were testing the ERP hypothesis, and they actually found that um, John Clauser at Berkeley was a physicist uh, who conducted such experiments. They found that Einstein was, was correct in the sense that, yes, quantum physics did imply this. And when they did the experiments to actually test it, they found that spooky action at a distance was real. And even today, this is a, a major finding. Several years ago, a book was published by David Kaiser, a historian of science and a physicist at MIT. It was called How the Hippies Saved Physics. And largely, it centered around Jack Sarfati and his colleagues at Berkeley, uh, most of whom were good friends of mine at the time, and how this discovery of uh, Bell's theorem and the ERP effect has uh, completely revolutionized science since then. Uh, not that it serves as a basis for psychic functioning. That has yet to be established, but it led to uh, many developments in cryptography, I think a billion dollar industry, and a lot of theorizing about quantum computers, and so on. Well, the book was also rewritten in 1987. A second edition was published, and even a third edition uh, was published. But uh, subsequently, when the third edition went out of print, I decided to make the book available for free and, and to put it online. And uh, so, as I mentioned, there will be a link that will take you directly to the table of contents. And from there, you can link to each of the chapters of this book. 
it covers um, practically everything. And I have to say this about the book, even though it was first written 43 years ago, I think of it as still pretty current. It doesn't include all of the newest research, but remember this. William James, one of my heroes, as you may know from the previous edition of In Presence, once said that we cannot judge progress in psychical research, or which is the field that sort of came just before parapsychology. And parapsychology is an outgrowth of psychical research. Uh, he said we cannot judge it the way we would judge other fields in terms of progress, decade by decade by decade. No, we have to look at progress by the century and the half century because this is a field that reaches very deep. It questions the metaphysical assumptions that are, in some ways, the glue that holds our culture together. It's one reason why there's so much opposition to parapsychology. So, progress is very slow in this field, and I think you'll find, uh, looking at uh, the book, that most of the uh, chapters, in fact, let me put it this way, I think it's all pretty valid. There's nothing that I would change, or very, very little that I would change at this point. What I would do is add a lot of research that's been done subsequently, but for the most part, the newer research simply refines and strengthens the earlier findings. Uh, I'm not sure that there's anything yet dramatically new and different in the field, uh, probably uh, only uh, practical applications that, that are of great interest to me. And of course, I will be talking more about practical applications of psychic functioning in the future. I want to mention one other thing, because some of you who have been regular viewers of the New Thinking Aloud channel probably have noticed that advertising now appears. And one of the reasons after two years of not allowing any advertising on my videos, I've agreed to allow YouTube to place advertising in addition to the revenue, which is very helpful to our ongoing production activities. But I did it because uh, YouTube has uh, constrained program producers so that if we want to do certain things, like I'm doing right now, linking to my book, so that you can have free access to the original, uh, or well, actually, it's the second edition of The Roots of Consciousness, I had to agree to the advertising. Otherwise, it, it simply wouldn't work. I couldn't link directly as I am doing to the book or uh, link directly as I have done to the uh, page of listings of the New Thinking Aloud programs. Because I know many of you who are watching uh, learn about our channel through uh, YouTube referrals, and that doesn't necessarily take you to the home page or the page of listings. So, you may not know there are some 500 programs already uploaded uh, relating to consciousness and parapsychology and uh, philosophy, psychology, health, science, and spirituality. Um, if you find advertisements that you find uh, troubling or offensive, please let me know and I'll see what I can do about eliminating that kind of advertising. You know, I started out my 
career in media in the non-commercial sector on KPFA, uh, I'm not accustomed to having advertising associated with anything that I do, but uh, this is a new leap for me. And uh, of course, the more people who view these videos, the uh, more resources that we will have to continue to produce them. So, I'd also like to encourage you to share. If, if you love this program, and many viewers tell me they love the program, uh, share it as widely as you can on uh, your social media networks. I would appreciate that. But uh, for those of you who have questions about psychic healing, about uh, parapsychology research, about physics and consciousness, uh, there are many, many gems to be found in the roots of consciousness, including some wonderful personal stories. Uh, for example, the introduction to the second edition of the book was written by one of my professors at Berkeley, Diane Shaver Clemens, who was a, a historian and an expert on uh, Cold War and the Malta Conference, uh, where Roosevelt met with Stalin. In, in any case, uh, she writes about a wonderful synchronicity that occurred between us that led her to become a member of my faculty committee at Berkeley. I can say this, uh, what she wrote about was that uh, she had a copy of the first edition of the book before I ever met her, and it includes some healing exercises that she used to great effect uh, with her, um, I believe it was her mother or father who, who was quite ill, or other people who were close to her. So there are some good practical exercises in the book. Um, as well as a great deal of knowledge and, and many, many footnotes. So I think for those of you who want to closely follow the work that I'm doing and uh, these releases, it will be a valuable resource. And, and I'm happy to be able to offer it to you today at no cost. So once again, thank you for being with me.